Hi, podcasting from New York. They say if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. This is Pushing Boundaries. Most of today's commentary on complex social issues is binary, unproductive, and flat-out lazy. With this podcast, I'm looking to hopefully elevate these conversations, and as a lifelong educator, hopefully learn a few things along with you. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. So my guest today, I have, let's see, I have Jermaine Gaines, a Dallas native. He is a founder and CEO of Choose Greatness Today. He is also a corporate consultant, a motivational speaker. He enjoys basketball, good movies, anything other than horror, travel, music, and he's an award-winning greatness coach. Welcome, Jermaine. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I'm glad to have you, man. And so we're, we're out here in Dallas, Texas. Is that Absolutely. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're sharing in that weather, even though New York is getting a little cooler now, but you guys are still in the midst of that heat. So, oh, listen, listen, y'all can have that New York weather. Listen, <laughs> I, 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 listen, I'll sit with the sun because I can always go inside. When it get cold enough, you can get your right. heat on and it still be cold. Right about that. So, I just wanted, I just wanted to start this, um, this, this, uh, with a question, you know, today with, you know, who are you? I'm a black man. I am a father, I am a creator, I am a leader, I am, I'm a salesman as well. Um, My background is sales, I'm also a minister. And just going through life, you get an opportunity to not just discover who you are, because a lot of the time we're seeking out to discover who we are. And I found out like in one of the things that really was a pivotal point in my life was when I realized that it's not just about discovering who you are as much as creating who you are, mm-hmm. defining who you are, like on purposely being intentional about who you want to become and who you have a desire to become. Um, so I would tell you that I am a greatness enthusiast um, and I'm a challenger as well. So like I look at myself on the mirror on a daily basis and I have to challenge myself to become on a daily basis. Um, I, man, that list goes on. Like I, I can, I can go on and on and on about the things that I am. But what I would tell you is in life, we all have an opportunity to grow to the point where we can look in the mirror and see what we want to see in our reflection. Hmm. Hmm. I like, I like that when you say I want to uh, grow to become, you know, that that's deep. Uh, what does that mean? I mean, just go more into that. That's deep. I like that. So, have you ever seen somebody actually, have you ever seen a person, and we're not talking about a boxer running around chasing a chicken, okay? We're talking about, have you ever seen somebody on foot run full speed and chase and catch a bird? No. Okay, because it's gonna fly away. Right. And that's what happens with most people in their dreams. We're, we're, we're so consumed with chasing, so the whole concept of dream chasing, that we never become dream catchers. Mm. Right. So the dream catching is about becoming, not just chasing, because Mm. most people's dreams elude them because they never become the dream. So a bird catcher, not a bird chaser, a bird catcher dresses up in the uniform or in the environment that a bird would land on. And then it's a whole lot easier to catch the bird. 
So becoming, growing is about becoming. That's what it's always been about. Because if you can become it, then you can behold it. Whatever you want in life, you can become it. So you become the dream, and then you possess the dream. Wow. Wow. Well said. Listen, I understand that. So much more. You know, so there's a lot of narratives going on out here about black men in terms of what we see on television. And one of the main narratives is that, we're, you know, we're dangerous, we're lazy, um, and we have a lot of faults, right? And so, you know, based on all those narratives that we know, and those are standards for us out here in terms of our mainstream media and, and in, our, in, in the cultural norms of, of American society, what is not true about you? Hmm. All right. So let me touch the other part first. And then I'll, then I'll answer that question. Um, I have a theory. I have a working theory about the concept of lazy. Mm. Um, I think that black men begin to be called lazy when they find, when they got to the point where they couldn't use our label for free. Mm. So the moment that you're going to use my label for free, then cool, I, I make you go to work. But the moment that I'm not willing to work for you for free, now I'm lazy. No, I'm willing to go put the work in, but you're going to pay me what I'm worth. So that's a totally different vantage point, right? Um, and I also have this. I also have this vantage point. The concept of lazy. I don't think that there's a such. I don't think I personally don't believe that there's a lazy person on this earth. I think that there is a lack of motivated people on this earth. Mm. And the reason why people are lack of motivated is because of the lack of exposure. So exposure creates desire. And so one of the things that I can say for myself, it wasn't until I got the exposure that it gave me the opportunity to take back control of my life, right? Um, and, and the exposure to more so for me, it was getting to the point where I could look myself in the mirror and know what was available, right? Not just the idea of what's available, but I'm saying look yourself in the mirror and really believe that what you're seeing is available, yeah. right? And what and, and that encounter came from me sitting in the gym, and the I, the exposure that I had was it's the way even external it was actually internal it was the exposure of me sitting down on that bench and I'm looking myself on the mirror and I'm looking at my shape, and I remembered how I was when I was in high school when I was in shape when I was confident when I was living the life that I wanted to live and something snapped inside of me to say take back control of your life, and what I truly believe is. It's, it's, it's not true that I think that one of the biggest misnomers is that because we are high energy, we're aggressive. No, I'm, address, I'm aggressive about my goals and my dreams, right? And I'm going to do it in a respectful way, right? Um, I just received a shirt. So this is a shameless plug to, to one of my guys. Um, and if you want, I'll send you his information. But he actually, I, 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 he's, I got a shirt from him, right? And his brand, his foundation is eat or get ate, right? That's the foundation, right? And I'm going to do a video about this. So this is like a, this is this, this is like a this is a drop for you, right? So um, I'm going to do a video about the concept of eat or get ate. Okay. This is what I believe. I believe that when somebody hears eat or get ate, that means that somebody is probably thinking on the surface that. You're just willing to do anything and you're willing to step on people like you just you're just going to be just like with no boundaries. You're just going to go do whatever you just whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's not the vantage point of eat or get eight. Mm. Eat or get eight says that there is always something trying to eat you. So your fears are trying to eat you. Your depression is trying to overcome you. Your 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 the, the, whatever adversity or oppression is trying to consume you. 
and you have two choices. You can either eat through the fear, eat through the doubt, eat through the shame, eat through the pain, and, and become who you're supposed to be, or those very things that you're not willing to confront and overcome will overcome and will overtake you, right? So I think that it's untrue that we are aggressive. I think that it's untrue that we are negative. I believe that it is untrue. A lot of those things that the, the, the concepts, the concept they try to put on black men. Yes. And at the end of the day, if the opportunity is presented for us to stand up right and walk and have the same opportunities that some of our counterparts have, then by all means, we stand in the gap and we produce. Because again, my background is sales. My very first year in sales, I'd never been in sales before. Background was ministry. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. And my brother talked me into going to get this particular job. And so I get on the job and I am doing horrible, right? And I'm, I'm thinking about checking out, right? My brother said something to me that stuck with me. He said, bruh, you have to give yourself grace to grow. And I said, okay. He said, make a friend, make a sale. I said, okay. Said, don't try to go sell, make a friend, make a sale. And it was one defining moment. I was in the store and I was dealing with a customer, and her son came in and he was kind of mad. He well, he kind of had his own cross, and he was maybe six to seven years old. Um, and she said, Yeah, he doesn't want to be here, he wants to be at home like playing his video games. And I looked at her and I got out of salesman mode and I looked him in the eyes and I said, You ain't never jumped in a bed. And he looked at me and I said, But with permission. Right. And he lit up. Right. He was like, oh, snaps. Right. I said, he's like, no. I said, OK. I looked at the mom. Like, I got permission. OK, cool. And I put him in the bed. He climbs in the bed and he starts jumping in the bed. I'm like, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. You're going to be a movie star. So I run over to grab my phone. Like, I'm going to record you. Right. He takes two jumps and then he just kind of drops down on the bed. Right. So it wasn't about him jumping in the bed. It was just more so about breaking that barrier. Right. And I ended up selling her a five hundred dollar bed. And then when she gets ready to go out the door, she notices an adjustable base. And then she says, oh, well, how much are these right here? I've been looking at these. I was thinking about getting one. She swipes her card for $1,600 more. Wow. And something snapped for me, right? Because I realized what I realized my superpower was dealing with people, which what it already was, but I snapped out of trying to sell. Well, I went from getting ready to quit to my very first year with the company being a million-dollar salesman with the company. I was number 51 out of 10,000 salesmen, right? I ended up, um, the store that I ended up writing my first million out of, when I got to the store, I was 240,000 in sales behind the store manager. I finished the store 4,000 in front of him. Wow. Okay. And I got to that store midway through the year. Wow. Because... At the end of the day, once opportunity is presented to us, we find a way to thrive in every situation that we are in. Right. So because think about this for a second. Imagine me putting you all the way, pushing you all the way back, and you still finding a way to survive. Mm. What would happen if I give you a legitimate opportunity? You will thrive. And so that's one of the really cool things about um, the opportunity. And I can honestly say that in life, we are all given the opportunity to grow, to become, but we also are walking in a day and age where now is the time where we have the opportunity to create for ourselves. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, what is so, you know, going, get, digging a little deeper, what were some of the, the elements in your life that made you who you are and, and, and gave you the foundation that you have today so that you can speak the way you speak today? Absolutely. In terms of your parents, 
your schooling, your friends, your neighborhood, your community. Give us some of those details. Absolutely. So my mom and dad, high school sweethearts, uh, been married for 39 years. Um, yeah, I have phenomenal parents, phenomenal parents. Um, so my, my dad has always been right there in the trenches. Like there was actually a time where my mom and dad separated and my dad moved out, got an apartment for the time being. He still paid the rent and the, like, he still paid the, 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 he still paid all the bills where we were, let my mom keep the car, all of that. And he came to see us every single day. If my mom wasn't ready to take him back to the bus stop, he walked back to the bus stop, but he came to see us every single day. Well, my mom and dad are still married 39 years later because my dad is a solid man who's willing to pay the price and willing to stand in the gap, even when it wasn't it wasn't comfortable. So that's a big portion of my foundation. Um, growing up, when we would come home from school, my dad would say, how's your day? And we couldn't just say good. We would have family meetings and we would sit around in a circle and or, you know, on the couch. And we say, How, how's your day? My dad would sit in the front of the room and we would have to express we would have to articulate our conversation of how our day went and what we did at school. And so we get to the point where communication becomes second nature. So now it's a part of who I am to be able to articulate my emotions, my feelings, or my desires, whatever it is. And then now I become who I am. Um, another thing is my dad gave us an opportunity to earn money. It wasn't just to just give you money because that takes you out of the um, um, I owe you mindset, right. right? But giving you an opportunity, exactly, uh, giving you an opportunity to actually create, right? So growing up, my brother, he had a candy store. Uh, growing up, I made Bible, like book covers, like Bible covers. Um, so he was given an opportunity to go and cut grass in the neighborhood uh, because now that drive gives you an opportunity to become more. Another thing that my mom and dad used to always do, we used to drive through wealthy neighborhoods. And we used to drive through the other neighborhoods and we would say, my dad would always ask the question, which house is going to be your house? Which house do you want to live in? And so it's, my dad would always call it dream building. And so being in a place where you can see now it becomes possible, right? Your, your subconscious mind doesn't know if something is the truth or a lie. So you always have to speak your affirmations into yourself. So my dad would say, you're going to be wealthy. You're going to be a multimillionaire. He used to tell my brother, man, my middle brother, he's like, listen, you could, you could be the first black president, even though like we already got a first black president, right? But my dad would speak those things into us. And so those were the echoing thoughts. So even when doubt tries to come, the echoing thought of the head of the household, our father, is saying, you can be, you can do, you can go, you can have, you can become the huge portion of that all ringing back full circle when you get to the point where you have to challenge yourself. Mm. So when you look out- yeah, school. Okay, school, okay, keep going, keep going. Keep okay. going. So school, um, it's really interesting. So school, I haven't told many people this, okay, but I'll, I'll tell you, right? Okay, so um, I actually went to Dun most of my school year, most of my years, I went to Dunkerville High School, okay? Um, I skipped a whole lot. I was smart, but I skipped a whole lot. So I would go to class. We had block schedule. And in the first 20 minutes, I'd be done with my work for the class period. So I would leave class and I would go to the counselor's office because I was a TA. So I would go to the counselor's office and I would actually run errands for the counselor. So I was actually doing something, but I wasn't in class. Well, when we got to the end of the school year, I had 137 absences. How the teacher kept letting me leave, I have no clue if she was going to mark me absent, right? But the second school, the second, so I repeated the 10th grade, 
right? The second, this, my second sophomore year, I had an opportunity to go across the street from Duncanville, which was Pace, right? Which is basically kids that are on the verge of dropping out or whatever it is. And I went across the street and I went to Pace, right? So you can do the work at your own pace. Well, I went across the street and I went over there and I got 10 and a half credits in a month and a half. Ooh. It actually put me ahead of my class, right? Okay. Um, and then I ended up transferring to a private school, which is about 40 minutes from where I live, uh, where I lived at the time. And I ended up graduating valedictorian of my class and all of that. But like with the schooling part of it, I believe that- I mean, was it the, the change in terms of, so you, you went from, you you would you would far advanced. I mean, you weren't you weren't um, you weren't challenged in the, in the first school initially. Correct. You, Correct. you opted out, and then you went to another school and you learned on your own and you just you just just zoomed ahead, and then Absolutely. find yourself in a private school. What was the transition that created that that excellence for you? Okay, so me going to a private school was actually more about sports. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I got, I got a phone call from one of my buddies and he was like, bro, we need a point guard. Um, you know, can you come play point guard or whatever? So I went out there. We actually ended up winning state my senior year. Uh, we went 45 and one my senior year. And um, yeah, so it was it was fun. It was fun. And the one game we lost, really interesting. The one game we lost was not a game. It was a scrimmage. But our coach, and his name was Coach Kate. Coach Kate used to always say, you played the game. If it was a scrimmage or if it was a real game, you played and you didn't win. So I'm putting that one on there so you realize you, should, you need to always take life serious because there's always something on the line. Mm. And not to take yourself too serious, but to take life serious because there's always something at stake. If we would have played serious game one, that scrimmage, we could have had 45 and 0 on there or 46 and 0. But because we didn't, you can never say that you were undefeated. So it's always something on the line. So always look at things and be, be honest and be serious when things are something if something is on the line. So um, yeah, so that that was that was my high school and, um, and what, yeah, what about, time. What about the neighborhood? What about your community? How did you navigate that? Okay, so okay, so I grew up going to church. Okay. Um, I actually preached my first sermon when I was fourteen. So, um, yeah, I, I used to go to, I used to go to men's Bible study with my grandfather and I learned my first scripture when I was five. Um, and it's crazy because at eight years old, my dad used to always tell me and my brothers, whenever we would get our allowance, we would turn around, we'd pay our tithes. And one of the things that my dad used to always tell us, he said, whatever you believe in God for, write it on the back of your tithes and offering. Name your seed. Because if you don't know what you're believing for, how do you know when it appears? And so that made sense to me on the back of my tithes and offering, I was believing God to make me a mighty minister at eight years old. As I progressed, I realized that speaking was something that I was called to do. Well, at 14 years old, I go to Bible study with my grandfather, me and his brotherhood, and I'm sitting in there just like everybody else waiting for the teacher to show up. And the teacher is not showed up. Time is, it's time to start Bible study. So I'm like, okay, so what are we going to do? And um, they was like, who's going to teach the class? And I was like, I'll teach it, right? And this is without the lesson or anything. I'm like, what, what, what scripture are we supposed to be going over? I get in front of the class, and I start teaching a, men, a room full of grown men who wow. are their late 40s, early 50s, um, maybe some in their 60s. And next thing you know, the teacher walks in. I'm like, all right, you can have it back. Now he's like, nah, you got it. So I ended up going ahead and completing the lesson 
And it showed me that as long as I'm willing to have confidence in who I was called to be, it will work out in the long run. You know, so community wise, um, my grandfather used to always say, boy, you got uh, one mouth and two ears. So you listen more and talk less. Um, and and I'm, I'm thinking to myself like grandfather, yeah, I, I don't think you understand. Like, this is what I'm called to do. Um, right. And even in school, like when I was in school, I would finish my work. And one of the reasons why I would go down to the counselor is because when I would finish my work, I would be trying to help other people. But then I would get in trouble because like. It, what's in me is to help somebody else advance. What can I give you? What can I do for you to help you get to the next level of what's already inside of me? Well, the teacher's like, be quiet. Mm. Okay, guys, to the counselor's office. <laughs> <laughs> kind of deal. So uh, community-wise, my dad, he made sure that he kept solid people around us. So even when we wanted to go to a party or go to a friend's house, my dad was like, let me meet the parents. Because my dad would always say that I'm protecting my seat. So growing up, looking back in retrospect, if we wanted to go to a friend's house and the parents weren't there, we wouldn't go make that trip. Like, we, we, this, we, this is what happened. So um, the, I think that that's a huge part of environment and culture as well. Um, so, yeah. Well, it sounds like your, your father was a, a major pillar in your life that gave you uh -huh. the standards and the values that you have. So that's, that's great. And we want to acknowledge that in terms of your story. And then the other thing that I noticed really about your story is your affirmations. You know, what's trending throughout your story is affirmations from very young all the way through. And, and, and it started with your father and the, the circles in, in the house and just the affirmations and even the tides, you know, putting the name, you know, putting what you want and then putting the tide and, and just connecting your actions to what you, what you mean. Right. And so that it makes it all meaningful. But I, I, I hear I'm, I'm hearing those two, those two values there all the way through your story. So that's good. I'm going to remember that. Um, and then so in terms of. What is true about you, right? And so, you know, let's talk about the Instagram story. Let's talk about that story, your struggle. You know, you're 40, you know, losing 40 pounds and more. And, and you talked about some mental health issues in that story and just the struggle. So just tell us about that struggle. So it's really interesting because when you know that you're called to do anything, right, the challenge, it becomes where you are versus where you want to get to. Right. So the challenge is not the challenge is not knowing that you're called or whatever your purpose is. The challenge is not being at the purpose. The challenge is the in-between. Mm. Right. And I always tell people it would it would be okay if the only people who struggled with identity or the only people who struggled with the journey were people that didn't know where they were going. But the truth of the matter is you can know exactly where you're driving when you're headed to work, but when you get caught in traffic grow rage is still real, right? You still have to deal with the patience and you still have to deal with the detours and the winding roads of life, right? And so I found myself, like I lost myself if, if we just be perfectly transparent because it's so easy to look at culture. It's so easy to look at what everybody else is doing and get to the point where you're chasing what other people have or what other people are going after or what other people are doing that you look up, and if that's not the lane that you were supposed to be in, you will always be inferior in somebody else's lane. Mm. Being able to walk and drive and, and run and lay down and, and jump in your own lane because your gift makes room for you. Um, I was having this conversation earlier today, as a matter of fact, and yesterday. Um, perspective. Every person, I don't care who it is that's on the face of this planet, 
they are in the 70 to 80 percentile that they have something better than everybody else that's on the planet. Everybody, every, every person. Um, they say, what do you mean, Jermaine? Glad you asked. All right, so. <laughs> so. Man, I don't time. <laughs> I thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so maybe you're not athletic, but maybe you read better than 80% of the people that's in the population. Okay. Maybe you uh, can't read, but then you're more athletic than 80% of the population. Maybe you are 6'5", uh, which means that you're in the 90 percentile of all men. Uh, maybe you're, um, 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 you, you're, you're better with people. So you have a, a people skill. And you might not be book smart, but you have people skills. Maybe you're not really social, but you're really good at accounting. Maybe you're um, uh, uh, not really extroverted, but you're really good at putting things where they're supposed to be. And you're supposed to have a, a closet business, of going to people's closets and being able to structure people's closets. Maybe you maybe you're not really athletic but you're really good at dancing maybe you're and everybody has some things in their life that are in the 80 to 90 percentile the challenge is is being okay with what we see inside of ourselves mm. so i always tell people it's you you have to you got to get to the point where you realize that your greatness is inside of you and the problem is so many times we're looking externally for where our greatness is supposed to be, right? So you have to look inside of yourself and just actually, I, this is one thing that I had to do. I took a piece of paper and I did a T-chart, right? And this is something that I'll talk about when I do my conferences, right? So I did a T-chart and I did it myself. On the left-hand side, you make, you, you put a hundred million dollars. So you write one, zero, 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 zero. It's eight zeros, right? Right. A hundred million dollars. And on that side of the paper, what you're going to write down is what you would do with your time if you had a hundred million dollars liquid cash in the bank. Mm. Not shopping, okay? Not sleeping because you're gonna sleep anyway what you would physically do with your time if you had a hundred million dollars liquid cash in the bank take your time and make the list and then when you finish that list it might take you a week it might take you two weeks when you finish that side of the list on the other side you're going to write down the number zero you're going to put a slash through it and what that represents is if money did not exist what you would do with your time What's interesting is that some of the things on the left-hand list and some things on the right-hand list are going to be the same. Mm. But now you're trying to figure out what your passion is between two or three things versus 100 million things because it looks popular, mm. right? Because it's very easy to stretch yourself thin. So I got to the point where I fell in love with basketball and I threw a lot of myself at basketball. And then I got to the point where I, I, I wanted to pick this up and so I threw myself at that. And I wanted to do this and I threw myself at that. And then I got to the point where, I, again, when I was sitting back, and I'm looking at myself in this mirror and I'm looking at the pictures of myself and how far I came out of where I was supposed to be. I look back and I said, how did I get here? Because I was chasing this and I was chasing that and I was chasing this and I was chasing that. And I never defined who I really wanted to be or who I was called to be. Right. And being OK with it. Right. Because my older brother, my oldest brother played sports. And so my older brother would go to the gym. So that's why I created the love for watching him and his greatness. Instead of saying he can be great, let me apply what I'm supposed to be doing to my craft, to what I have a desire for. I chased what he was doing because he was so great in his field, right? Mm -hmm. That being said, 
what sets in from there because that's a you're you're definitely a hundred percent going to get into comparison the moment you step into that field because you're going to now compare yourself to who you're looking at now what happens is low self-esteem sets in it starts attacking your confidence mm. and so now you start overcompensating in other areas right and so i got to the point where depression tries to kick in and doubts kicks in and like why am i here and what do i do with with the things that i do have and then I, I, once I started actually on my on my weight loss journey, I started because I, I just started doing videos, walking and talking, and I was already doing videos. But like the video that I did, uh, I'm not sure if I posted it today or um, yesterday. But one thing that I talked about was I don't want to live a life that is a, that, that is theory based. I don't want to live a life that's concept based. I, I started looking at myself and challenging myself to eat from the same plate that I'm trying to serve other people, and my life really began to change. Mm -hmm. So now when I, somebody hands me a mic, I have substance that then I can stand in front of people and say, I went through these trenches. I went through these challenges. I went through that, 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 that valley. I went through it, and I crawled. And like, listen, I felt like throwing a towel in. As a matter of fact, a couple of times I threw the towel in. God threw it back to me and said, nah, fam, you ain't done yet. Mm -hmm. And knowing the feeling of what it really feels like to go through those trenches, the highs and the lows, now I can look back at somebody and say, listen, come on, keep coming. Come on, keep coming. I, listen, I see you're on the verge of your breakthrough. You just got to push through that wall that you see right now. It feels like it's a brick wall, but it ain't as solid as you think that it is. If you keep on going, you keep on pressing, you keep on pushing, you're going to make it through that very thing. And I had to tell myself those same things while I was going through those trenches. Mm. So I started disciplining myself. I put together a regimen on the things that I was going to do. So I started getting up, walking every morning, um, and I would go walk one hour. I did not start out walking fast. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I started out just, just getting the walk done, right? And, and I, I would finish my walk, and then I would get ready to start my day. And then I made sure that I was get. I started out getting a gallon of water in the day. There are days that even right now, I don't complete my whole gallon, but I'm pushing every day to grow in that area. So I'm, I'm getting my gallon of water in. Um, and then I started taking these capsules. I think that every adult should have a supplement that they're taking um, because especially with most of our eating habits, we definitely need a supplement based on what we eat, right? So I started taking these capsules and these capsules are really healthy, vegan friendly. Uh, one is a detox capsule and it pushes all the junk out of your body. Um, and then the other one is a mental clarity capsule. So it gave me more mental clarity for me to be able to push my way through, just more energy to be able to push my way through. And then the third capsule is a sleep capsule that helps me my body restore itself from all everything that I exhausted out during the day. Mm -hmm. um, so I started taking those. And I started reading 10 pages of, of, of a good book a day, right? So now I'm also feeding my mind because all the negativity that's coming at us, when you start feeding your mind, I tell people all the time, listen, you don't have to start with 10 pages. You can start with two pages. You right. can start with one page. Just right. start with something where you're feeding yourself positivity because negativity is doing everything that it can to get into your gates, your eye gate, your ear gate. Your, like, it's doing everything it can to fight its way in. Well, you get the choice to choose what you're going to put in, right? Everything's going to fight its way to get in, but you get to choose what you decide to put in, right? So um, I start reading 10 pages of a good book a day. Um, I remember having a conversation with my brother recently, and he was like, yeah, you know, you can um, you can read a book a week. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. He said, no, seriously, you can read a book a week. And I said, how? He said, all you have to do is take the total number of pages in a book and divide it by seven. I was mind blown. I'm not allowed to you. I was mind blown. I was like, wait, what? 
He said, yeah, you just divide and take the full number, the total number of the pages. And it seems so simple. Like once you say it, so the book is 210 pages, just read 30 pages a day. You read a book in seven days. I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Because I'm not a lot <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> Man, now it makes sense when they say that the average millionaire reads a book a week or a book a month or, you know, so whatever that, that physical number is, I think it's a book a month, right? And then you have your super hyper successful people that read a book a week. Um, and then you have your, your super, super hyper successful people. Some people read a book a day. I'm like, where do you find the time to read a book a day? But you must be like speed reading. But, um, but yeah, but that being said, I started reading and I started feeding my mind. And when I started feeding my mind, I started empowering my own thoughts. And when you empower your own thoughts, you find out how strong you really are because your will gets stronger. Right. So, um, yeah, that, that is, it, and, I'm, and I'm just getting started. So I'm down 40 pounds. I got about another 40 to go. Right. So I'm down to 233, and my goal is to get down to 185. Right? That's, that's what you're doing those push-ups upside down. You got three done. I said, impressive. Absolutely. Listen, I started doing those. It's no joke. It's not a game. It's not a game. So let me, let me just say this. So if you go back, if we go back to your original state when you were in the struggle or in the trenches, what did that look like? And I'm, just, I'm saying that because I, I'm, I, wanna, I just want to provide a place for people to connect to in their struggle, right? Absolutely. So in, struggle, in, your purest, in your purest moment of struggle, in the trenches, right, what did that look like? Outside of, you know, you reaching out and doing the things that you did come out of it, what happened before? What, what, did, what did it look like before you come, came out of it in that space? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so we, oh, are you asking me? Because um, those two different, it's two different. It's my mind went to two different vantage points. Okay, so you have the before I made the decision, what the day to day looked like, and then you have the once I started, what the day to day looked like. So those are two different. So I'm, I'm looking. It's that's good. You're right. So I'm looking. I guess I'm looking for when you hit rock bottom. Okay. What was that life like? Rock bottom for me was not being okay with looking myself in the mirror. Mm. Like, um, just making sure that, like, it was, it was bad. Like, it was, it, was, it was bad. Like, I would bend over, tie my shoes up, and when I would stand up, I'd be out of breath, right? Um, um, getting to the point where, like, and, and, and I'm gonna say it like this right here, because, and, and I had this conversation with my brother, like, as a salesman, right? Like, a, a salesman is always looking for the clothes. Right. And so you will find yourself overcompensating um, in areas that you really shouldn't be. Right. So whether that's going out to eat. Right. You, you, you eat you eat more food than you should eat, which only makes the depression worse. Right. Because you're feeding you. You're, you're now you're not if you feed your body stuff that's not healthy for it. Now that's going to make your brain more sluggish. So now your brain is more sluggish and then you already wasn't feeling good. So now you just go back and lay in the bed. Um, my, my, my pastor said something to me that one of the reasons why I actually put my regimen in place, he said, um, a principle life is a predictable life. Except the issue is most people don't have principles and principles are not principles. If you only do it when you want to do it. So that's not a principle. Mo the pr only principle that most people have is that they don't have any principles. Right. Um, so that being said, I looked at my life and it's like I would get up on a daily basis and I would go to work and then I would watch TV for two or three hours. I would just Netflix bend all day long if I wasn't at work. Um, and, 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 and the challenge is on the surface, I can still smile. 
because I was really good at my elevator speech. I was really good at, how you doing, man? I'm phenomenal, man. I'm, I'm great, man. I'm, I'm awesome. And people would say, oh, cool, great. But when I would get in my car, internally, I would cry. Mm. Internally, broken. Internally, dealing with the stresses of knowing that there's so much available and knowing that you're living beneath your means. Mm. And I, 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 it, 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 I got to the point where it was just, it was just, it was coasting, right? Because it's really easy to take so many defeats that you get to the point where you don't even fight to win. And let's be honest, like you get to the point where you've taken so many defeats that you act like winning doesn't even, it's not really a big deal. I mean, I've, I've actually said to people, it, it ain't all about winning, winning is and everything. And once I got to the other side, I, I, ask, I ask people, all, now I ask people all the time, if it's not about winning, you told me that winning isn't everything, right? Yeah, okay. Give me an area in your life that you're okay with losing. Mm. I'll wait. Mm. Right? You okay with losing in your finances? No. Okay, then why are you okay? why are you losing in your finances? You okay with losing in your health? No. Then why are you losing in your health? Are you okay with losing in your relationships? No. Then why are you losing in your relationships? You have to make the decision and take ownership for what is in your life. And if you don't take ownership, then you'll let somebody else own it. Mm. They'll get to decide what your lifestyle is going to be. And so, um, I, I, had, I asked myself those same hard questions. Um, and, you know, like I said, the, the opportunity of how I grew up, I just had to get to the point where I killed all the external noise and found my voice within and started feeding myself, you know. So when I go walk, um, I would find either some positive music or I would find a podcast to listen to um, that would feed my mind uh, to keep me uplifted, to keep me building, to keep me growing. So now I'm giving back with that same exact vantage point because I know that there is somebody who's in the trenches, there's somebody who's in the fight, there's somebody in that foxhole that is needing the same exact thing that I had to feed myself. So I want to be that voice of hope for them as well. Hmm. Well said, man. Listen, you covered so much. You even gave me the context behind your story. You know, um, I mean, you gave me a lot, you know, how to heal, you know, how to take care of yourself physically and emotionally, you know. And I just, I guess, you know, my last question, you know, that I ask uh, all black men and that we seem to struggle with on in our narrative is how did you learn to love? How did I learn to love? It's funny. I actually had a conversation with my mom, and uh, this is about a year and a half ago. And she said something to me that um, that I answered in the moment, right? Um, she said, she called me and she says, man, I just want to let you know that I'm proud of you. And I said, for what? She said, because you're an inspiration. And I said, what do you what do you mean? Like I said, I said, I understand I'm a motivational speaker. So that's like that I'm supposed to be. And she said, no, 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 no. You're inspiration. I said, what do you mean? She said, because you still desire love. And I said, okay. I said, would you like to know why? And she said, yes. I said, to be honest with you, I said, the reason it's, it's a couple of different reasons why I still desire love. One is because I got an opportunity to see my father love my mom to cover her, to, 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 to protect her, to guide her, to lead her, to, to pray for her, to, to walk the floor, to, to, to literally be the head of the household and to 
to orchestrate, to cultivate the love that we had an opportunity to see. Mm. That's what I'm doing. Um, and then the second thing, when I asked my, I told my mom, I said, the reason why I still desire love is because I understand that the victory that I have a desire for is on the other side of the loss that so many others are afraid to take. Mm. Love is a gamble. It is. Because every single time you decide to love, and we're not even talking about just a romantic relationship, love is a gamble because the moment you decide to care for somebody else, it's possible that they won't care back. Mm. But it's not about them caring back as much as it is about you sowing the seed. Because the moment that you sow the seed, you, you don't know what seed is going to produce the harvest that you really want to see. So you just have to stay in a space of continuing to sow the seeds of love, right? And so watching my mom and my dad, my mom and dad, they were foster parents as well. So they started fostering when I was 10. And so watching the kids come in, and, and a lot of the time in foster care, a kid will come in and they will purposely be bad. Because they already know or feel like you're going to throw them back to the to the to, to the field right. or back in the water the moment that they do something bad. So a kid comes in, they purposely act up, and then my mom and dad would say, "Well, you know, we're not throwing you back now. Now it's time to grow. You still get a consequence for what you did, but now it's time to grow. Now it's time to actually sink our teeth and get planted, and now we have the opportunity to really become together. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that's mm-hmm. another vantage point of my perspective on not jumping ship when things get hard or when, when, when things don't look the way that you feel like they should look, because that is the very point when things don't look the way that you think they should look is the very starting point for growth to take place. Hmm. Well said. Listen, man, you know, well said, you gave us a lot, you know, and I think, you know, it has something to do with the, the preacher background, but <laughs> you put it together quite well for us. And uh, you covered all the bases in terms of giving us a summary. And I told you about the two areas that, you know, were trending through your story. So those are dynamite. And I, and I think, you know, um, for listeners who are listening to this in their struggles, whether, whatever their age are, you know, they can be from 16 to, to 90. They, they can take something from your story and apply it to their lives. And you offered a lot today. And I thank you for that. You know, in, in closing, um, is there something that you want to, a solution that you want to give to someone in the struggle, like 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 the struggle that you had, one solution, and then um, just offer your plug, you know, what, what you do, what you're about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, first, I want to thank you for the opportunity to connect. Um, I thank you. My story. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the opportunity. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The opportunity to share my story, to share my heart um, with your people that your people that are going to watch this video. Um, the first thing that I would say is, no matter where you are, okay, um, if greatness is going to be the outcome, greatness has to become your standard. Okay, um, we always live up or down to whatever our standards are. And it doesn't matter if you want a million dollars, if your standard is not saving your money, your standard is not pushing yourself to actually be a good steward, then you won't be able to keep a million dollars because you will always live up or down to your standard. And so the first thing I would say is we have to change our standards. How do you change your standards? Put on a piece of paper what you desire out of life, what you desire, not what you think is possible, what you desire. And once you put on paper what you desire, now you have to work your way backwards to the person that should be able to obtain those things. 
And so um, you put the, the, that would be the first thing, identifying who you need to become in order to have whatever it is that you desire long term. Right. Um, so that being said, you want to own a house. That could be the thing that you desire to so give it like a, a, a practical step, 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 step. Mm-hmm. You want to own a house. Well, you got two options. You can either have enough money to go drop a bag of money on the table and walk away with the deed or you can get your credit up and then you can go in. You can actually buy the house with your good credit. Those are your two options. You get to pick which option you want to go with. But those are your options, right? So if that's the case, if you don't already have the money already on on a drop of a bag, then what you need to do is actually start working on your credit. And if you're going to start working on your credit, then you also have to challenge yourself on your spending. If you're going to challenge yourself on your spending, then you also have to sit down and actually put a budget together. So going all the way back to the just the, the basic building blocks of whatever you want, work your way back to becoming the person that can actually obtain it. Right. So if I say I want to be able to take my shirt off when I go to the beach, what kind of person would be excited about taking their shirt off at the beach? A person who has a six pack. Cool. What do I need to do to have a six pack? I need to walk. I need to drink my water. I need to change my eating because the diet is a huge portion of you being able to get the weight off. And so I start working my way backwards. And lo and behold, you're not going to start out eating a whole steak because you would choke on the steak. Start out with something really small. Go walk for five or 10 minutes. Then build it up to 15 minutes. Then build it up to 20 minutes. And let give yourself the same thing my brother said to me when I went into sales. Give yourself grace to grow. And grace to grow is just room to get it right. All you got to do is start taking the steps. And this is, this is the other thing that I would say. Um, greatness is a choice. Is what I always tell people. Greatness, it is a choice, okay? And the really cool thing about greatness being a choice is that a lot of the time when we see somebody running full speed in their moment, in their life, in their, in, it just, they're running full speed, and you see them running down the, the track of life, you're like, man, they're moving so fast. Look at their momentum. But if you were to go and you were to Google the definition of momentum, it is the action moving in a direction. So the moment you take your very first step in the direction of where you want to be headed, you have started to build momentum. So take, so take, so take, so take pride in that. Take, take, take joy in that the very first step you take in the direction where you want to go, you have started to build momentum. Now I say that, but there is a clause to that. Because if you also realize that the moment you take a step in the direction you want to go, you start momentum. The moment that you don't take the step, you're also causing momentum in the opposite direction. Mm. So that is a challenge to yourself on a daily basis. That's what keeps me going because I feel like I've built momentum. And the moment that I don't get up and do what I said that I was going to do, I stop my own momentum. Mm. So those are the two vantage points. The moment you take your first step, I salute you the moment you take your first step, the moment you get started, because there are so many people are sitting on the, the bench of life, sitting on the sidelines, spectating as if they're going to make it out of life alive. No, get in the game and live. There is no dress rehearsals. This is your life. You are as young as you will ever be. But the good news to that also is if there is still breath in your lungs, then time is your lane. You can still build whatever life you want to be. So my name is Jermaine Gaines. 
Um, you can pull me up on Instagram. Uh, you can pull me up on YouTube, Facebook. Um, you can Google my name on Google, um, but it's J Gaines Inspires. And that's J, uh, my, the first letter of my first name, J, and then my last name, Gaines, G-A-I-N-E-S, Inspires. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to Pushing Boundaries. Once again, my name is Sharif Rucker. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please do me a favor by commenting, subscribing, and sharing this podcast with everyone you know. All of these things are free and take very little effort, but would mean the world to me. Thanks again and stay tuned.